Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now I'm done. Now. Don't silence Kenny. Hi, guys. Uh-uh. Hey, now, Kenny. I'm sorry. Do you own a clock? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Or can you not read it? <laughs> oh, my word. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? My advice is don't, don't wear Vikings gear to the gate. Just don't, 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 don't tempt the gods. Please, don't, don't do it. I have friends who come in from New York all the time, Giants fans, and I'm always like, listen, don't wear your Eli Manning jersey if you're coming to the link. You know, especially don't stroll around the parking lot. I mean, once you get into the stadium, fine, you get it. You can take off your jacket and, and wear your jersey, but... You can't stroll around the Link parking lot with your Terrell Owens jersey in a cap. You know, you remember when T.O. came back here? They tore the jerseys off people and lit them on fire in a big bonfire in the parking lot. <laughs> you know what? I still think Buffalo Bill. I think the Bills Mafia is uh, is still the number one in terms of like meathead aggressive fan bases. If you're power bombing and 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 rock bottoming your friends through flaming tables, you get the, the number one ranking. So Eagles. Your fan base isn't even the most aggressive meathead fan base. Yeah, except I think I think the Eagles fan base actually wants to harm you. The Bills fan base wants to harm themselves. That's fine. <laughs> if you want to throw yourself through a flaming table and kill yourself, go for it. That, oh, that though, hilarious. was Sal Palantonio of ESPN who once covered crime... Uh, for a Philadelphia newspaper. Yeah. So this is not some random caller like trying to give advice. This is a guy who covered hardcore crime in Philadelphia, essentially saying, don't be walking around parking lots point. in your Vikings jerseys. That's a good point. I think my new favorite hobby as of this week is shooting Eagles fan fish in a barrel. It's target practice. And it's and now we've got there's a guy named Angelo in my timeline this morning and yesterday it was Vito and Donnie the day before and all kinds of others. Here this is a guy named John, Eagles fan named John tweets into the Mackie and Judd show. Watching from afar, Philadelphia. He's got like Eagles stuff all over his his Twitter profile. Mm-hmm. I find this hilarious. This Phil Mackie and his pal doesn't even can't even can't even acknowledge, can't even man, acknowledge so you just very, my pal very upsetting seem to have no idea what self-awareness actually is i could also suggest that most people outside the u.s don't know where minneapolis is it's like this is the <laughs> only chance they'll get to be important john your timing on this tweet is a little bit off because we are literally days before the most prominent and watched sporting event in the world will be held in drum roll Minneapolis. I just like for being the called, second time in 25 years. Being called pal. 
That's pretty good. Mackie and Pal. Mackie and Pal coming hey. up 9 to 1, 1500 ESPN. <laughs> uh, so yesterday we got we got word. Dave was scouting this yesterday. Uh, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. The Fanatic and WIP are the two main sports talk stations in, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, they certainly got their money's worth. Uh, we pretty much wrote their show for them yesterday. So that we're going to play. Should we play this whole thing? Is it worth playing this whole thing, do you think, Dave? Yeah, why not? Are we on the, Are we on this clip, too? Uh, no, I cut it off after they played the uh, clip from Don in Philly calling us. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so you'll hear them discussing our station and then actual Don, Don the actual caller who called us, then okay. talking to them. Uh, was it Jason Martinez and Harry Mays, I believe, on, on the, the Fanatic, Fanatic 97.5. Okay. So this start, Chris Long is in Philadelphia. And by the way, I, I caught some of the five eyewitness news last night. So Joe Schmidt is at Case Keenum's parents' house in I Texas. I saw that. It was really good. Uh, Chris is all over Philadelphia. So they're pumping out a lot of cool stuff, KSTP.com and Channel 5. And he texts us. He gets in his rent-a-car yesterday and he goes, I turned on the Fanatic in Philadelphia yeah. and I heard your voices. They were just pretty much hammering 1500 ESPN. He texted us just now. The two hosts at, at the station saying hello to both of us, <laughs> one waving, one with his middle finger right in the air. And yes. I believe that's Martitas with the... Okay, uh, got it. With Tell the, Chris, the we'll send them a photo back here shortly, but this is them uh, apparently shredding 1500 ESPN uh, yesterday. 1500 ESPN, Twin Cities. They got Golic and Wingo, Mackie and Judd. Garage Logic with so Joe Suchery. Mm. A guy's name is Garage Logic. One of the hosts. No, that's a huge loss. See, we need some dopey name for the show. No, that's the guy's name. I know, but uh, you know how you know how they do this all around the country. Yeah, yeah, they come up with the dumb names, like these stupid names for shows. (laughs) I I, I think we should come up with some stupid. No, I'm not doing it, Harry. No, no, it's it's, you're Harry and I'm Jason. Leave it at that. And they put in their tweet too. There's a huge gap between Philadelphia sports fans' bravado and the actual success of their sports teams. Well, hey, pot, meet kettle. Yeah, your, your Minnesota sports teams blow. Yeah, I know. They, what have they won? I mean, you think back. Uh, the Twins have like two World Series Kirby championships Puckett. in the '80s, I believe '87. Yep. And maybe '91, and, and and they might have won one way back in the <laughs> '20s or something in, in baseball too. But they have no football uh, Super Bowls. Their basketball team has never done anything in the playoffs yep. really to they speak lost. of. I mean in Minnesota and their hockey team left town. I mean how the hell do you lose a hockey team in Minnesota? Right. Well how's that possible? I think they're bigger fans of the Golfers hockey team <laughs> than they were the stars yeah, I mean, back but, in the but day. That's unacceptable. Well, let's bring Don on because Don right. made the call. Don that's good work out of you man. Hey yo guys how you doing? Um look I gotta say something um I really appreciate Philadelphia sports radio especially when I had to endure about two hours of that because I wanted to get a kind of a, a taste about how they are and what they talk about. And my God, it's unbearable. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> who are you talking one. to? Do you know which guys you were talking yeah, to? What show was that? Yeah, were you talking to Garage Logic with Joe Sushery? <laughs> uh, I think the one guy's name was Mackie. I don't remember. Uh, that's Mackie guy. and Judd. <sighs> yeah, Mackie and Judd. That's who it was. Um, and, you know, their conversations, their topic um, prior to when I called was... Not Winona, Judd. Not Judd Heathcote. <laughs> <laughs> Not Judd Nelson. <laughs> their, topic, their fourth topic before I called was that how they're slowly becoming a championship city. And 
That was what? when I was like, you know what? I got to shut this thing down right now. So, <laughs> shut yeah, it like down, Donnie. Said, I think their last championship was 1991 with the Twins. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're becoming a championship. <laughs> that was a great series, by the way, that, that Twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a great series. No question. Um, yeah. Kent Herbeck went, on that squad. Yes. Big Kent Herbeck. The call actually went beyond what you guys actually heard. Um, they actually eventually switched subjects uh, over to the Sixers and pointed fingers at Embiid. And I said, I must have missed the Timberwolves NBA championship parade. They then, uh, I asked them who has more championships amongst the two cities. They then went into WNBA basketball. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Hey, Don, well, good job, man. Good, we appreciate work, you uh, going out there and being a soldier for this city. Yes. You're a soldier. soldier. Go Eagles, guys. Go Eagles. Yes. Yeah. Fly, Eagles, fly. fly. Yes. Eagles. I'm going to tell that's you right now, the, that's, that's WIP, but yeah. Winona Judd line, not original. Not the first time I've heard that You've one. You've been called Winona before Not the line? first time I've heard that one. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was fantastic. So, uh, so Don infiltrated. He infiltrated this station. Uh, he did, yes. He's a soldier. He, he breached... He breached our station. You know what? I think I have a great read. I think I've, I've spent the last four days trying to contemplate and get inside the mind of a typical Philadelphia sports fan. And I think I've got them figured out. So some real talk here. I think most of us here in the Twin Cities, if I could represent the majority of Vikings fans and Minnesota sports fans, would you guys agree that we're mildly confident as a whole in the Vikings, but fully aware of the history of the franchise and the things that could go wrong in this game? Mildly confident is probably as far as you could possibly go. It might be less than that for okay. us. Like, for sure, walking on eggshells oh, and yeah. understand we're we're all nervous. the things. that could, like, We're worried about the turf, for God's sake. Yes. That, oh my God, Stefan Diggs could slip. And I mean, that's the level of angst that we watch sports with, okay? Mm-hmm. Eagles fans and radio hosts with, with the false bravado and over-projecting. And Nick Foles is your starting quarterback. We see through you. We know you're nervous. This isn't Carson Wentz MVP candidate. This isn't Tom Brady. There's only so much confidence you can have truly in your core being with Nick Foles as your starting quarterback. And it got me thinking about different like sports comparisons. Like what is what's a good example of another sporting event or a matchup of some kind where there was just an amazing amount of false bravado and you thought, is that real? Like there's no way, but, right? There's no way. But I've got it. All right. I've got it. All right. Remember that Peter McNeely-Mike Tyson fight from 1995? Do you remember the pre-fight yes. lead-up to that fight? And I went and watched back even, like, not just the pre-fight interviews, but the actual Mills Lane pulling the, the boxers together before the fight. Mm-hmm. The entire, the weeks leading up and then the minutes leading up to that fight. Mm-hmm. Peter McNeely trash-talked. In fact, at one point, Peter McNeely was quoted as saying... He was going to wrap Mike Tyson in a cocoon of horror. Like, the, the trash talk from Peter Keneally was was never-ending in the weeks leading up. He's a Boston guy. Mm-hmm. So Boston trash talk. He swayed back and forth like a caged animal with Mills Lane, you know, getting him to touch gloves. Yeah. He he When he got announced to the ring and, you know, the big voice guy announces him to the ring, he danced around the ring like a drunken gazelle for, like, three minutes, firing off a, a machine gun of jabs in the corner. 
Mike Tyson. Now, Mike Tyson got wacky like two or three years later when he, when he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. Mike Tyson sat there and stared at him for the entire pre-fight lead-up. His first fight back from jail four years later. Eagles fans and media and radio hosts remind me of Peter McNeely in the pre-fight lead-up to that tight. That fight lasted a minute and a half, by the way. That's what it reminds me of. You can't possibly actually be confident in Nick Foles going into this game. No, but there's so this this goes so deep. Don calls our station, and in their heart of hearts in Philadelphia, they truly believe that Don has infiltrated our state. Way to do, way to go, Don, because you got on the Twin Cities airwaves and you told the Twin Cities what Philadelphia is thinking. This this isn't about sports. This is about mindset. And this is about the base level ability of stupidity when it hits to actually think that Don did something good. They they believe this morning in Philadelphia or that call on Thursday morning, they believe that Don did something effective. You did way to go, good job, you got on. Soldier, I believe is what they said. This is a base level of stupidity. That is to me so intriguing because when we talk about when a we talk baseline about baseline of stupidity needs to be a state fair t-shirt. When we, when, when we talk about but wait wait it goes deeper it goes deeper when we talk about when we sit here in our state here which I think is very white collar and a lot of smart people and we say what's going on in this country like I mean how can I mean we're we're normal what is what is going on why is this country haywire what Don. That's that's your answer. Don is a microcosm Don for is a country's microco- problems. Don is a microcosm for the baseline of stupidity that's infiltrated this country to the point of that answers your question. But wait a minute, is it him or is it the enablers? Because he's he's clearly being pushed to do it. I was just listening to the very beginning of the show that we were discussing yesterday, and they immediately started talking about us, how we had to play them on our air yesterday to get ratings. Well, we played them for about 30 seconds, and it was boring as hell. That's why we turned it off. And, oh, by the way, fellas, in case you're tuning into us, you played us before we played you, so you can shove it. So, so nana, nana, boo-boo, yes. Well, it's just, I mean... I, I don't understand how an entire group of people, that being Philadelphians, can can stake their entire self-worth on a group of football players who aren't even from their town, just happen to wear green laundry on Sundays. That's, That's it. true, and consider this. If your entire self-worth is wrapped up in the green laundry in this game on Sunday, how comfortable do you feel that your self-worth and the way you're going to feel on Monday is tied to Nick Foles against the Mike Zimmer defense. Gross! Pump the brakes on the false bravado. We'll see what happens on Sunday. By the way, this is more from the uh, the fanatic now ripping on women's basketball, too, which Judd might actually agree with. Judd hates women's basketball. Yeah, stop with that. (laughs) Now, the Minnesota Lynx, Harry, of the WNBA. Now, that's a juggernaut. They've got championships in 11, 13, 15, and 17. Oh, man. Now, that is something that I hope those guys doing the show out there can really hang their hat on. Okay. Is this so it's a WNBA. W- it's a WNBA town. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not uh, All I'm, right. I'm not putting down the WNBA, but I mean. Yeah, you are. It sounds like you are. <laughs> no, no, man. I'm saying that that's something they can really hang their hat on. Every See, odd year, they get a WNBA title. That's funny because I took that as you totally putting it down. Not at all. No, no, I'm saying that's something you... Look, if, you, if you're a WNBA fan, and who am I yeah. to discourage you from being a WNBA fan? I mean, there's not there's not much better out there than I'm sure they fill up that barn out there, too, for those WNBA games. This barn. Every other year when they win the title.
have a packed show today, gentlemen. We have a Friday scoop with Doogie right after our Write That Down predictions. Uh, so the top of the 10 o'clock hour is going to be uh, jam-packed. Todd Furman will help us with our NFL picks this weekend for Championship Sunday at 11 o'clock. We'll check in with our guy Chris Long from Channel 5 at some point, probably uh, second half of the show. Mm-hmm. And the superstar, superstar, Mike Morris will join for the noon hour. It's an awesome show. It's an awesome show. And if the Vikings don't win on Sunday, I'm going to be so upset that I'm not going to come to work ever again. Well, wait, that's that's Eagles fans. Actually, a lot of listeners might that's Eagles prefer fans. that we don't come to work on Monday. That's it. That was some of the greatest stuff ever. Actually tied up in your football team to the point of it is your whole identity. Uh, I hope Judd's Keys is ready. This is this is this is probably the biggest spot Judd's Keys has ever been involved in in it, his entire. It career. is, and key number one is going to be very important. That's coming up in about fifteen minutes. Mackie and Judd now continue. I want you to do it. The good Lord wants you to do it. You really think so? I know so. On fifteen hundred. ESPN. I'm expecting it to, uh, to be crazy. Um, you know, that's why you know we're communicating a lot right now to make sure that uh, you know that we don't have to communicate. Um, you know, or if we do communicate, that we're on the same page during the game because I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to hear much and they're going to be able to hear me uh, do a lot of things. <laughs> Mackie and Judd. By the way, if you want to chime in, 651 646 8255 877 615 1500. Mackie you're an Eagles and fan and you're scouting us or you're being told to listen it's because Mackie, of... It's Mackie, Mackie and, and Pal. Pal yeah. Come on. Yeah. Now now this is where... See, yesterday we opened the show and uh, I ripped one of the uh, Philadelphia hosts on WIP for sounding like... it. My point yesterday was Philadelphia comes off as... It's, it's, it's a little bit like the sports envy we sometimes have if we're being, again, self-aware... Uh, when comparing to Wisconsin, like we'd love to be the Badgers. We compare the Gophers to the Badgers. The Packers have multiple Super Bowl titles. Mm-hmm. And in the Eagles, it feels the same way. It just permeates that they look over at New York and Boston and they want to be that so bad. And so we opened the show yesterday and played this clip. Oh, what's going on, <laughs> Philadelphia? So we didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't want to call the guy out by name because it's not about me. It was just, I said, you. You're not Chris Mad Dog Russo, dude. Like you're the New York Envy even goes so far as I'm going to copy the guy who made sports talk legendary in New York. Now he's chirping at me. Is it's John Barchard? I've never met him. I'm sure oh, he's, he's, a, I'm sure he's a good dude, but he goes, "Hey Phil, at least say my name when you're ripping me. Congratulations on being self-aware. Okay. I guess we'll stick to being direct. Okay, that that is that is the most East Coast thing of all time. If you're gonna rip say me, my name. if you're gonna rip me, right, say man. my name. Give me credit. I deserve credit. No, Actually, I purposely didn't say his name because I didn't want to make it about him and call him out. I, mean, I don't know him. I'm sure he's a good dude, but. He's, He's copying many, Chris Mad Dog Russo. How many Sorry. tweets? How many tweets have you gotten in the last two days from uh, between Philadelphia media and fans now? Oh, it's, it's, it's been never ending for two days. <laughs> Honest to God, it's. I love now, it. of course, Say I'm taking. We're taking clips of some of the stuff that we're putting out, and it's go. It, they're they're catching on on social media. Sure. So even for the people who aren't listening directly, but six five one. We'll keep the lines open. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five. 1500. Um, I do have for you, this is maybe a Judd's Keys pregame show if you want it. I've got like a, uh, consider me the talking head analyst before the game, and the game is Judd's Keys. All right. I've got four things I think the Vikings are better at than the Eagles. Four very important things if you want them quickly. Sure. Number one, head coach. 
And now, now Peterson, that was a, a widely panned hire when the Eagles made Peterson their head coach. It was. And he sort of gets the last laugh because now the Eagles are in the NFC Championship game and Carson Wentz has turned into the star quarterback, even though he's not going to play in the game. But Mike, if, if you're looking at Peterson versus Zimmer, Mike Zimmer is the best defensive coach in the NFL. So he's got something he can hang his hat on. He's got an elevator pitch. What are you? What's your identity? Mike Zimmer can say, I'm the best defensive coach in the NFL, and the stats back it up. Mm -hmm. My defense is number one in points allowed, number one in yardage, number one in third downs. I'll take Mike Zimmer in the coaching Mm head-to-head. Number two, quarterback. I don't know if I would have said this a year ago, but Case Keenum has put a full season of resume on the table, and he's going to get MVP votes. It, it, he's he's not in the top tier. He might not even be long term a second tier quarterback. But in this vehicle that he's driving, he is a better quarterback than Nick Foles oh, in I, the vehicle Nick Foles is driving. Absolutely on that one, yeah. And when Nick Foles doesn't have Pat Shermer, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league the last four years. Mm-hmm. So if Pat Shermer is the common denominator, well, Case Keenum gets him for this game, and Nick Foles doesn't. Uh, number three, it kind of ties into number one. I'll take the Vikings team defense over the Eagles team defense, even though the Eagles team defense is really good, especially gonna, at home. I was going to say that one's pretty close, actually. But Sendejo was practicing yesterday. Yep. He was out there. Yep. Um, it's certainly not a whitewash, but I will take the Vikings team defense over the Eagles team defense. And number four, skill position players. I think the Vikings have better a better overall unit of skill position players than the Eagles. They've got the two best wide receivers in the game. Yeah. The tight ends, I think, are a wash. Uh, the running backs are debatable. LeGarrette Blunt is definitely, if you're getting into a short yarded situation and you need someone or you need a closer to grind the clock out, mm-hmm. he's the best at that. Mm-hmm. But Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen put the Vikings skill position players over the top in that head to head. Now, home field advantage is going to matter big time. So, of, so uh, uh, it's not a total wash. Of those four things, I, I would say the one, the one that I, I would agree with you is a clear cut advantage is quarterback. Because Foles has been, I mean, Foles is okay. Keenum, to his credit, has established himself. Um, head coaching is close. I think you're right. I think it's close. Defense is definitely close. Skill position, if Foles can get the ball to Jeffrey, Jeffrey's good. But then the question goes back to can, can he get him the ball, especially if Rhodes is on uh, Jeffrey the entire game. So I would agree on all four points. I, I would say the second one, quarterback, is a definite advantage Vikings for sure. Uh, you wouldn't say coach, though? I wouldn't say definite. I'd say wow. I, I'd say edge Vikings, but it's not definite to me. Uh, I think Peterson's a pretty good coach too. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Sam, you're on the show. Hey guys, I just want to bring up a quick point. I want to see if you guys agree. Uh, I don't think the Eagles will beat the Vikings. I think the only way the Vikings go home losers is if they beat themselves. If it's something like. You know, Keenum doesn't play well or something tragic that we don't want to talk about right now. <laughs> but other than that, I think the Vikings win. And if they don't, it's because they beat themselves. I don't think the Eagles are a better team. Thanks, guys. I think you're probably right, Sam. I, I mean, that that has been why for, uh, for three days now I said my primary concern is offensive mistakes. Because defensively, the Vikings are better. And yeah, I think I think if we sit here on Monday and talk about a Vikings loss, odds are good we're going to be talking about let's say two plays. I don't think it's going to be they just lost the game. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, I, I did too. Um, yeah, it's 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 still hard to get a full read on what the game flow is going to be, and it's hard to get a read on exactly what the, I I think it's going to be first team to twenty points. If if you could guarantee the Vikings would score 20 points, I think I would just take it and and then see what happens. 
But um, it's hard to get a read because there's so many factors that are just hard to predict here. It's, it is hard to predict how Case Keenum is going to fare in this environment and Nick Foles in this environment. Both both coaches and coordinators are going to try and insulate those two guys as much as possible because mm-hmm. they've never been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, could one of them pull a Brian Hoyer or a Jake Delhomme or something where you get into a big spot and it's, whoa, five interceptions or three? Like, of course absolutely. Yeah. No. Um, would I ever predict that for a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers in the spot? No. But the unpredictability of how, especially the quarterbacks, who've never been in a spot like this, how they're going to perform. And that's why, I mean, it's it's much more predictable what the Vikings collective defense is going to do and what the Eagles collective defense is going to do. And that's why I tend to lean toward a lower scoring game, uh, a 14 to 9, a 17 to 10 kind of a situation. Sam's right though. I don't see a scenario where where we where that game gets done and we just say the Vikings just lost the game. I really don't. I don't see I the defense is so good that that I think what what you, if if the conversation is that they just lost the game, I think it's going to be surprising. Philly's good, but when you consider that it's Nick Foles against this defense, you know I don't see him c- coming out and scoring twenty one points or something like that. I just don't. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be and then of course if you thought that the wait last weekend was long because you had to wait until the last game on Sunday. Well, that game started sort of mid-afternoon. Yeah, you got to wait till like six o'clock for this game. Is it five forty? The official start That's time. Five forty here. Yeah, six forty there. So, and and if there was any doubt, obviously Vikings vent line will be ready to roar, win or lose, whatever happens. And I think win or lose, if that thing goes on the air at nine o'clock. Yep. Um, usually two hours is kind of uh, the. You'll be. The, you'll be. We here might be 12. on the air until past midnight. I bet you. And are. we will gladly take your phone calls one way or the other. H quarters of absolute hell. Yeah. If you are going to make the Super Bowl, it is going to be eight quarters, at least eight, if not more, of absolute hell. It's going to be like Rocky Three, or Rocky Two, actually. That was fifteen rounds of hell. Rocky Three was more like three rounds of hell. You, I'm sorry, I don't remember. But he had to get in really good condition, and he sort of exhausted himself, but got the knockout. I mean, Rocky Four was hell too, though, because he had to go to Russia and train. That's always tough. And uh, was that a fifteen round fight too? I think it was fifteen. Oh, they're 15. always fifteen. Yeah. Back, back then, yeah. they were fifteen round fights. Back then, they were fifteen round fights. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Judd's keys is is Judd's keys awake? Is he ready? Biggest moment. Keys is ready to go. Ready to roll. Okay. I woke up this morning, by the way, and like the only thing playing in my head was this. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! Yeah, how does that not get your blood warm? He's going to be there probably on (laughs) Sunday riling up Eagles fans. He is. Who can we send? Can we send the the, the 12-year-old manager from Little Big League? What's he doing? Can we send him out there? No, we can do better than that. Charlie Conway wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Josh Jackson? Yeah. He's not busy right now, is he? I don't think so. He's got nothing going on. It's not Gol- Goldberg the goalie, I think, is always available. Can we send him? <laughs> this is so sad. Uh, before we go anywhere, let's talk about the official the official figurehead for your football parties, whether it's this weekend or the big game, TCL TVs. In fact, stay tuned next week. We're offering a big-time TCL TV give- uh, giveaway All throughout next week, Monday through Friday, details will be posted sometime later today on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 1500 ESPN. Let's put it this way, though. TCL is being very generous, and they're going to help 
five different people next week, five different 1500 ESPN listeners put on a pretty nice little spectacle and a pretty nice little show for their big game party that you're about to throw in a couple weeks here. Uh, TCL TVs, it's America's fastest growing TV brand. We're talking about 450,000 plus TV shows and movies because of the built-in Roku device. It's the best connected TV you're going to find maybe in the world right now. Stop by any major local retailer or go to TCLUSA.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The most meaningless exercise in sports media. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Well, you hear that? Sounds like we're ready to unlock a vault of knowledge bombs. Here comes Judd Zolgad's keys. It's championship weekend in the NFL, and the Vikings are a part of it for the first time in eight calendar years. Is Judd's Keys ready for the moment? Judd's Keys has come to play, Phil Mackey. Is Dave Harrigan, executive producer of Judd's Keys, ready for the moment? Always ready for the moment. Each week, except for the bye week a couple weeks ago, which the Vikings earned with their number two seed, Judd runs down the five keys to a Vikings victory over their opponent. This week... It's the Philadelphia Football Eagles mm-hmm. and all of their false bravado fans and radio hosts. Chris Chris Long is at, I think, Hooters in Philadelphia. I've been to that Hooters, yeah. With the Fanatics mid-morning show right oh, now. Yeah, and uh, he sends a picture along uh, of the mid-morning guys. Uh, one of them's... One of them's flipping us off, yeah. and the other is just waving with a scowl. So we sent them. We have a little Reggie White action figure. Uh, we sent them a photo of Reggie White waving high and uh, a middle finger of our own. <laughs> that was about it. We're in the trenches right now, gentlemen. Oh, right? it's nasty. We're soldiers. Heath. It's gotten nasty. We are soldiers. Just like Don was. Way to go, Donnie. Way to call in and infiltrate. Yeah, soldier. All right, key number five to a Vikings trip to the Super Bowl. Well, last week, of course, the keys were to a win over the Saints, and I was inspired by New Orleans, so we went with some Dixieland jazz. Similar this week, I'm inspired by the city of Philadelphia and all that it stands for, for toughness, for bravado, for manly men, for fisticuffs, for kicking somebody's ass because they're wearing the wrong color. That's what Don brings, right? <laughs> yeah, that's Don right. to the table. So there's More. nothing tougher than I can see that comes from Philly than the Hall of Notes, baby. All right. Key number five. Man-eater in, as in, the Vikings are going to want to establish the run by eating up that Eagles run defense. Now, this is not going to be simple. This is not going to be an easy task. In fact, the Eagles run defense finished the regular season giving up a league low 79.2 yards per game. They gave up seven touchdowns rushing the entire season. The Falcons duo of Freeman and Coleman, 86 yards on the ground. Murray and McKinnon, this is absolutely imperative that this run game has success because this all goes back to if the run game doesn't have success, there's now more pressure on Keenum, and you don't want that to happen. Your biggest concern is with Easton out at left guard. You've now had to shuffle your offensive line around, but I am telling you, you're going to have to eat up that Eagles run defense to have success if you want to give yourself your best chance to win. You know, per Dave's point, is there anything, we talk about machismo and Philadelphia and football, and is there anything more macho than John Oates' mustache and a Hall & Oates sax solo to follow? <laughs> I had to watch way too many Hall & Oates <laughs> music videos this morning to get all these uh, tunes. 
Key number four. Yes, key number four. Sing it, John and Daryl. touch in this, hopefully for the Vikings' sake, and their defense is going to have to do a good job on this guy. Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. I will read you his regular season statistics, and you will say, wow, that's a heck of a season for Zach Ertz. 74 receptions, 824 yards, and 8 touchdowns. However, as Stephen A. Smith of Philadelphia likes to say, Ertz had 3 catches for 32 yards, only 3 against the Falcons, and since Nick Foles took over as quarterback, he has not been the same as he was earlier this year working with Carson Wentz. Anthony Barr likely gets the assignment of keeping Zach Ertz out of touch. I like his opportunities to do so. If you stop Zach Ertz, you give yourself a much better chance to win this football That's game. That's also perhaps the single most underrated Hall & Oates song in a catalog of great songs. Wow, really? You think so? Uh, it was, uh, I, I don't know How if you guys that? ever got into the Grand Theft Auto series, but they had a San Andreas version. It was like the fourth or fifth one. Or it was like throwback. Or was it that one or was it the Vice one? It was the Miami one where they threw you back to the 80s. And that song basically played on loop throughout my college uh, playing a <laughs> While you're Theft stealing Auto. cars and smacking hookers? Correct. And, <laughs> and running into pedestrians. Yes, exactly. Key number three to a Vikings win over the Eagles. I don't This is, I like this. This is happy. What you don't want to lose in this case, if you're the Vikings defensive line, is contain Nick Foles. Now, Nick Foles, Wentz got hurt in, I believe it was week 14 against the Rams. Nick Foles came in, and in week 15, he played the checked-out Giants, and he immediately threw four touchdown passes, and you thought, whoa, is there something here? There wasn't. Since then, including the playoff game against the Falcons last Saturday, one touchdown pass, uh, two interceptions for Nick Foles, and the most important thing will be the defensive line getting consistent pressure throughout the day on Nick Foles. So he has been sacked only once in the past three games. You're going to have to foil Foles. That's going to be the important thing. And what helps you, he can't really move on Uh, a bad field. He can't. And uh, if they have to send extra pressure to get to Nick Foles, I I endorse that. We talked about that yesterday. Key number two to a Vikings trip to the Super Bowl. Possession obsession is important for the entire purple offense on Sunday, but for one person in particular. You know who I'm talking about. And immediately the listeners are going to be like, here goes Zolgad again. He hates Case Keenum. It's not true. But what he can't do on Sunday is he can't throw any stupid passes. If you're being sacked, Case, accept the sack. Don't try and hurl the ball through the air. If you are under pressure and you think to yourself, I'm going to make a risky throw. Think about that again. Just think about it for a second and don't do it. This is not the game for Case Keenum to go full far. All right? You've gotten this far. Don't screw it up now. Be obsessed with possessing the football and not giving it away. And if you do happen to get 
into a late game situation where you're rolling out to the right and there may or may not be receivers open and you think about throwing across your body, just run seven yards for the first down. That's okay? fine, too. Just run Absolutely. seven yards for the first down, unlike eight years ago. <laughs> and the number one key for a Vikings win over the Eagles in a trip to the Super Bowl. Bring it home, Hall and Oates. Said you better watch your back, oh, Jack. Said you better watch your back. Said you better watch your back, oh, Mackie and Pal is a full-service show, so Key One actually has nothing to do with what goes on on the field at the link on Sunday and everything to do with Viking fans. If you're going, watch your back. The number one red story yesterday afternoon I found on StarTribune.com was basically how to handle going to an Eagles game in Philadelphia, okay? (laughs) We haven't. I know it's all fun and games, but this isn't a joke. Watch your back if you go. As Sal Pal said, don't strut through the parking lot with your Keenum or or Diggs or Rhodes jersey on. Keep your jacket on. And I would suggest you don't wear the jersey at all. But that's just me. If you go, watch your back. Maybe, you know, maybe go with some purple and gold boxer briefs and just know that the most important parts of your body are comfortably snugged with some purple and gold, that's right? A great idea. And then you could maybe wear some or you know what I would do? I would go subtle. I would wear Eagles apparel, but only like Vikings related Eagles apparel. So if you can find an Eagles Randall Cunningham jersey or an Eagles Chris Carter jersey or something, oh. or a jersey of some kind, that might be the play. Oh, I like it. Maybe a Sam Bradford Eagles jersey. Yeah, and then they'll never. Ca- yeah, that's a very they'll good never idea. Catch on. Much safer. They'll just think you're being ironic jersey guy. Yeah, much safer. Yeah, watch your back. So there they are. Those are the keys. Judd's five keys to a Vikings win Cause, over. Because I care about the our Eagles. fans, damn it! I care about Vikings fans. <laughs> I saw something. Uh, I think it was on one of the Philadelphia news stations that was circulating around, and it was a guy from like StubHub or Ticket King or something talking about. Oh yeah, the those. It's no joke in Philadelphia. And then Steve, is it Steve Urban who does a lot of the charter travel for Gopher like for Dunkers some country, and stuff in some yeah. country? Yes, he does. And he and, and he was dead serious. And I've you know met Steve a number of times when we had the Gopher basketball rights, and he'd you know come to the Richard Patino show. Mm-hmm. And so he definitely has experience traveling to all these stadiums. And he goes, No, this is like this is serious. Yes. You guys, you're gonna get stabbed in the neck with yes. a, a green shiv. So the, the the two places that I would say are are seriously dangerous places, and one's gone now. If you were a North Star fan, Chicago Stadium, they would beat you up. If you went into Chicago Stadium on the west side of Chicago wearing a a North Star's jersey, they would beat you up for fun. And this place is the exact same. They will beat you up for fun. And and the worst part is they'll beat you up so sports, but come on, they'll beat you up if they're sober. If they're drunk, they'll kill you. Yeah. Hmm. You're getting made fun of right now, too. My 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 Twitter timeline yes, is now, hear. so this, we started the show yesterday just ranting about the false bravado, like the difference in self-awareness between Minnesota sports fans who totally get, totally get the futility of our franchises and aren't thumping our chest to overcompensate for it. It just feels like Philadelphia fans are the opposite. And so we played that clip from, it's John Barchard. I don't know. I'm sure John's a good guy and we're chirping at each other on Twitter right now, but, <laughs> but uh, pretty much... Like half the hosts at WIP are in my timeline right now. Our city is in their heads. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We're we're all thrown off. Yeah. One guy's like, dude, you live in Minnesota. I think 
Yeah, we. That's true. It is, and well we, done. We really enjoy it here. And you wish actually. you lived in New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you sound like a moron. Mackie and Judd now continue. Stand aside, everyone. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Hey, you can get out and join me, Dave Harrigan, in supporting the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, my favorite charity. Do a little pre-gaming for Vikings Eagles Sunday, but do it tomorrow, Saturday. Bar Olympics is the event. Tomorrow, 2 to 5 at Union 32 Craft House in Egan. Afternoon full of games, food, drink specials, prizes, participants competing in a number of events to see who can win the gold. You can flip cups the best. Top performance awarded prizes courtesy of 1500 ESPN and Union 32. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, Dave. In less than 15 minutes, our write that down predictions for the week and an accountability session. Remember, each week we now have a fan or listener submission for write that down predictions. So if you have any, uh, we can we can probably include like two or three of them today. And uh, you can email them to Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Just put write that down in the headline of the or in the subject line so we can differentiate it between all of the like other emails. We right. just want so put write that down in the headline of the email. Mm-hmm. Also, as a Vikings fan, what are your thoughts on this game? Like, what percentage confident are you in the Vikings beating the Eagles on Sunday, knowing the history of the franchise, knowing the NFC Championship game? "Quote unquote curses, whatever you want to call them. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Phone lines open for the next ten minutes or so. I'm curious about this too. Did your did the digs catch change your your feelings about this team as well? Because going into last week, a lot of people were skittish. Did you gain more confidence because that catch was so so bizarrely it it. Basically points to the fact that there that this might be in your mind by now a team of destiny. Uh, so before I t- I told you earlier this week about Eagles Court Phil Mackey, I did some research. So in the old in the uh, Veteran Stadium where they used to play, there was an Eagles jail and court. Mm-hmm. So fans would get arrested, they would put them in the jail and then process them and have a hearing in court. Here's how it got started. <laughs> Eagles court started because estimates during a Monday night football game against the 49ers in 1998 were that during the course of this game, there were 60 fist fights in the stands. <laughs> Wait, what year it is gets this better. again? It's 19, it's 98. Oh, so not, an estimated, not that long ago, no, actually. An estimated 60 fist fights in the stands. It gets better. Someone also fired off a flare into the stands. So in 1998, security was such that oh, you could say, that you could somehow get a flare in, I guess, below your coat or something. I have no idea. And it but wasn't they, a, and it wasn't a Donovan McNabb incomplete no, pass because he wasn't quite in the league yet. No, okay. no. So so once they had that 60 fist fights and a flare being fired oh, into the stands, God. they said this is getting out, out of control. On the opening day of the court, then. So so this is in the old stadium when they put the court in pro they processed 20 fans on the first day alone. That's amazing. So how about that? So you have 60 fights, you have a flare, God knows what else. And then and then you essentially on the opening day of the court in the vet you had 20 cases hurt. Amazing. Who was the opponent for that game? San Francisco. So okay. it wasn't a it wasn't, you know, like the Cowboys or, or a the team Giants that you or could, something. Yeah. yeah. No, no, this was this was purely Philadelphia fans. That's amazing. I love how like the, the solution isn't, you know, let's uh, let's 
let's police the stands more or let's crack down on penalties, uh, you know, for let's take away people's season tickets. It's Ah, screw it. Let's just put a jail down there to make it easier. Yep. Let them let fight. We'll just put a jail down we'll put there. a jail there. Well, we'll they hired a judge. <laughs> they hired a judge to actually, because they didn't want the, the hassle end up taking people from the jail downtown, and they actually had a judge to immediately process fans yeah, out. I think, I, I don't know, I... And in, in for Vikings games, I, I haven't even seen a Vikings game inside U.S. Bank Stadium yet because we do Vikings vent line from the studio here. So the only times I've been there is for non, non-Vikings non events. Or we, we did a radio show there before they played their first game one time. Uh, but in general, I just love watching NFL games on a big-ass TV, a TCL TV. Yeah. I just I don't love going to NFL games. I'll go to basketball games. I, I enjoy going to, uh, to arenas for hockey games. And baseball games, there's an ambience about it. But... Whether it's the fans or the drunkenness, there's it's, something about going to football games that's just becoming increasingly less appealing to me. I've been to a Flyers game and a Phillies game, and it's absolutely fine. Eagles games are crazy. Yeah. 651-646-8255. What's up, Jeff? Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, man. We're uh, we're looking forward to Sunday. There's, and we've been trash-talking Eagles fans and Eagles talk radio hosts all week, so we're, uh, we're having a good time. Well, please continue to do it. I'm a Philly transplant. Uh, moved out here in about 98 and I can attest personally to the rabid nature of the Phillies or of uh, Eagles fans. Uh, I went to a Phillies game as a Pittsburgh Pirate fan back in the, the early '80s, and had, as a uh, 12-year-old, had a uh, beer spilled on me and uh, was threatened to be beat up if I didn't take my Pirates hat off. So, oh. so it's all true. Not spilled, <laughs> dumped. Dumped is the correct word. So. Um, Judd, I do have to say one good thing about Philadelphia is you can get Yingling beer. I'm with you on that, yes. <laughs> so uh, we need to have that transport out here. Hey, I've been uh, thinking about this game a little bit, and I'm really, really confident in it. My one concern is Mackenzie Alexander uh, on the defense. Uh, I don't think he had a good game. I think he was exposed a little bit. And uh, just get your thoughts on on him and the matchup that – he might be going against Nelson Aguilar and, and what you guys think about that. Um, I get what you're saying, and the, the thing with, with him is coming into this year, I was very concerned. I thought, oh my gosh, he, he's a dumpster fire. He's actually played okay. He, he's not great, but their good thing is twofold. It's depth at that spot, and it's also coaching. Yeah, Zimmer is so good. I, I'm just about done doubting doubting Zimmer when it comes to his coaching of defensive backs. Because every time I think to myself, ah, this guy doesn't look good. Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes for two years, I'm saying, what's going on here? He's good now. Mm-hmm. So I I understand your concern. I don't think it's going to end up being a huge problem. Also, I would add to that, it's a, if you have one weak link, let's say Mackenzie Alexander has to be out there for a large chunk of a game or something. It's a lot bigger problem if Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback and he can look and survey the field and say, all right, that guy. Actually, I read this. I don't know if this was confirmed, but it was like educated speculation. After the Anderson Deho concussion, just the the the, the chin-shattering hit and Xavier Rhodes was right there on that play and Rhodes was apoplectic. Yeah, he went nuts. He was furious, yelling at the officials and he was just beside himself. On the very next play, mm-hmm. Drew Brees targeted Xavier Rhodes. He did. And people are saying that let's that's an extremely great Hall of Fame quarterback with a high IQ. Yep. And he's saying, ordinarily, I wouldn't go after Xavier Rhodes unless it was kind of a you know late game situation. But he is not himself on this particular play or the rest of this series. I'm going to target him. He was a great Nick play. Foles isn't 
No, he's Nick not, Foles he's isn't not, a good He's not that. that. Yeah, no. he's not that. So uh, let's go to uh, our guy Harry in Connecticut. What's up, Harry? Hey, guys. How's it going? Happy Friday. Yeah, you too, man. Um, yeah, man. So I've been listening uh, this week a lot and hearing the whole Philly back and forth and a lot of the banter. Look, I grew up like right outside the New York Tri-State area my whole life. Um, the thing I've always known from my New York friends is that Philly fans are the worst in the world. I always wondered why. I'm like, I said, well, you know, what really is it about the Philly fans? And you hear the stories about them and the bravado and just the unabashed uh, 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 pride they have for their teams, which is something to be commended. But when it gets into the whole trash-talking portion, I, I just find it very, very hilarious. that. And like you brought up, uh, and again, numerous times this week, one of their biggest heroes is a fictional character. They have a statue for the guy in the city. <laughs> this is this is a a a very it's a steep in history city, but it's not a city when it comes to sports that could really like say that they hold the candle to New York, which they want to be. By the way, yeah. that's what any like New Yorker will tell you. That cuts deep, by the way. You get a lot of backlash. We did that to lead off yesterday's show, Harry, and the backlash we got. It cut. It cuts pretty deep when you tell the truth in that regard. You want well, look, what, and, and look. I'm a big fan of 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 a stand-up comedy. If you want to find a really good piece to play on air, look up Bill Burr Philadelphia from like 2006. There is a censored version on YouTube. Okay. For 12 minutes, he tears into the city of Philadelphia live in Philly at a comedy club. <laughs> Goes after the sports team. You have to look this up. He is one of my. He's one of my. Uh, uh, he, he's like great comedian. But he had this like tirade because they were and look inside a comedy show, people are booing the comedians for no reason just because it's Philly, and he tears into their sports teams. Yeah. He tears into the whole history regarding Rocky. It's hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> as for the game Sunday, I took a quick look at Philadelphia's like you know schedule this year and looked at the games that they did lose, even with Wentz. That Seattle game. When you look back at what occurred there, I know it was on the road, but you look at sort of the blueprint that they came up with to sort of stifle, you know, again, he's a young QB, but, but he is also an outstanding QB for being a young guy once. Foles is not that guy. Um, for anyone to think that Zimmer is not like, you know, okay, he must be chopping at the bit to get to that game Sunday and embarrass this kid on national television in the biggest spotlight of his career that he's been in. And as for the rest of the team, I think you guys are right. you got to establish that run game against that wide nine and get that running as soon as possible up the middle, either to the left of the guard, to the center. That's where they're vulnerable in that defense. Yeah, um, Harry, anyway, guys. awesome call, dude. We Thanks, appreciate Harry. it. And uh, call into Ventline after the game is over. We're up against the clock here. Bob in Pennsylvania, call back in like an hour, all right? We want, we want to hear from you, but uh, we got a couple segments here. We'll write that down coming up. Doogie with a scoop. Todd Furman will join at the top of the 11 o'clock hour to help us with a Vegas perspective on uh, on the picks for both these championship games. We'll get a flavor of Philadelphia with Chris Long from Channel 5 later on and Mike Morris. But write that down. Predictions are next. I'm Mackie and Judd.